What's happening, fam? It's your boy Sherrod, and welcome to another podcast episode of Behind the Grind, powered by Sherrod Speaks. For each episode, I have a conversation. I go behind the scenes to talk to individuals like you and I that are making impact with their influence and making change happen in the places around us. My goal is to encourage, to inspire, to motivate, give you everything that you need, the faith, the fuel, the ammunition, whatever it takes to get you on your journey as you push through and grind through behind the grind. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler, and as always, I'm so glad that you're listening and you're tuned in to another uh, podcast episode here on Behind the Grind. Listen, we say it each week, it's our goal to bring you real conversations from real people like you and I that are about their grind. And this week on Father's Day weekend, the Father's Day edition, I wanted to share with you a conversation that I had with a father that is doing a a phenomenal job, right? I would say uh, a stand-up kind of guy, a role model kind of guy, a guy that is uh, really defining what it means to be a father. Uh, the individual that I have in the grind seat is a father of six remarkable children, all unique in their own way. And he will discuss that uh, today on our podcast. But I wanted to bring him on the podcast. Matter of fact, there were a lot of guys uh, that I was uh, had in mind to ask to uh, sit down and talk to. And um, this one came to mind in particular, specifically because of the dynamics of all of the things that he's able to balance and still some kind of way bring forth a, a, a role model, a father in all of his children's life, like I mentioned earlier. And so, um, like I said, there's so many brothers that are in my circle, so many brothers that I know that are doing some wonderful th- things. And so I want to give shout outs to all of you. Happy Father's Day. I wish I could get everybody that I know. I wish I could share the world, all of these great fathers that are actually out here. Despite what you think, despite uh, what the uh, the media and the news is trying to say about, uh, in particular, black fathers, I know some really dope black fathers, and I just want to say that. Uh, but this week, I have in the grind seat my brother in the faith, Rashid Jeffries, and we just chop it up about fatherhood, chop it up about uh, just going about how he goes to uh, build his children up and nurture them, encourage them, do all the the wonderful things that he's doing in his children's life. And so we just chop it up on this program. I know this particular conversation is truly going to bless you. And so without further ado, let's just get into this conversation that I had with my brother Rashid right here on Behind the Grind. Let's get it. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, as always, Sherrod Schuler, and today I'm excited to bring you our Father's Day edition of Behind the Grind. Listen, uh, when we talk about the grind, you know, the grind touches so many different areas, and one thing I know for sure is as a father, right, uh, not only do you nurture others that are on the grind, right? You're also on the grind. And so we want to talk to an individual that has been doing his thing, uh, you know, from a fatherhood perspective. Um, I just wanted to get him on the program and chop it up. He's got some amazing children that are doing some amazing things. And so um, I would like to get his take on some things, a few things today. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my guest who I have in the grind seat today, Rashid. Jeffries. Is it Jeffries or Jeffries? <laughs> it's, it's, it's Jeffries. It's spelled Jeffries. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I did that intentionally. I messed up the spelling of your name, and I do apologize. This is my brother in the Lord that we've been rocking for a while, and I, I got a little uh, casual with that E, adding that E in there. And that, that E don't belong to e. <laughs> It gets them every time. <laughs> man, how you feeling today, man? Man, I'm feeling great, man. God is good. Uh, I'm healthy. 
I cannot complain. Man, that's what's up. Man, so yeah, so I said I wanted to get you on the podcast, man, and I, I'm shocked that I haven't gotten you on here sooner, man, because to be honest with you, you, you one of them kind of guys that I just, I definitely look up to, uh, definitely from a father perspective, man, how you handle your children and the things that you're doing, man, and so I wanted to bring you on the podcast today, and let's talk about it. Let's see, you know, get to uh, some things that you can uh, share, some, some funny stories possibly, if so, but really get to, uh, so for fathers to to kind of get a perspective, you know what I mean, of what we need to be doing and identifying in our children to help them, you know what I mean, along the way. But before we do that, you know, I want to talk to uh, talk to, or I want you to share to our audience a little bit about uh, a little bit about you. Um, if you don't mind, I want you to tell us a little bit about, you know, growing up in, did you grow up in the streets of Detroit? But growing up in the st- streets of Detroit and, and kind of share a little bit about your background. <laughs> in the streets of the D, uh, <laughs> Well, first, I would like to thank you for inviting me. Uh, I am honored uh, at the invitation. I'm honored to be here. Uh, I saw your work last year, uh, Father's Day, when when you interviewed, uh, I think, three or four of the gentlemen uh, from uh, Embassy, my brothers in the Lord. And you did such a wonderful job. And so, uh, you know, it's... You, you got a standard. You have set a standard. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's a bar there that, that I really respect. So uh, my, my my goal is to, is to try to make sure I don't mess all that up. Well, let me just say this. Let me throw this out here. You mentioned our brothers in the Lord. They really made me look good on that show, that particular show. Uh, those are some, yeah, those some real yeah, they did. Yeah, those are real good brothers. And last year, yeah, we, we had a, a sit-down with a few brothers. And so I, I, I left you out. I don't know how I did that. So today, it's all you, my brother. Let's talk about it, man. Oh, that's, that's, it's all good, man, and I, I, I really appreciate it. I'm humbled at this opportunity to uh, express myself and to uh, glorify God in this fashion. Yeah. I, I always jump at every opportunity that I have to, to bring God glory. Yeah. Testimony is one of those tricky uh areas because the church well just people people tend to glorify the wrong stuff say it (laughs) listen i've been in situations where i gave my testimony to uh some incarcerated youth Mm. in the city of detroit and Man, they they walk up afterwards fascinated, mm. like man. So, so tell us more about how you used to do what you used to do. And I'm like, that's 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 not what mm. I expected to come out of right. this. You know, I right. I really want to tell you more about the Lord. <laughs> Can we segue? <laughs> you know, yeah, right. The idea is to let you know mm. where He brought me from, right. so that you can see how good He is right. and. I, if he cleaned me right. up, he can clean you right. up. But sometimes people tend to attach uh, to the wrong thing. So uh, I have to be careful, you. you know, not to get too specific. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, certainly there's certainly there's room for that in one-on-one ministry. But on a platform like yeah. this, please forgive me if I'm a little Let's general. Let's be general, brother. <laughs> Let's okay. <laughs> so, so, yes, I, I did come up in Detroit. Um, I did have uh, an upbringing uh, that was was challenging. Okay. Uh, you know, you know, for lack of a better term, let's just say I was uh, troubled. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, didn't didn't have my father. Uh, he was gone for eight years of my life from the age of five to okay. 13. And, you know, when you when you think of that, actually, he was gone much longer than that. That was just the time frame. I didn't see him okay. at all. Um, forgot what he looked like and everything. Uh, wondered why he left. And so that caused me to have feelings about myself. Um, and I think that caused me to tailspin into some behaviors. Now, I was extremely smart. Mm-hmm. I was a very funny 
mm-hmm. kid, athletic. Mm-hmm. Oh, you had a little game? Well, not basketball. Okay. I was real good at football. Oh, you was on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But but here's the deal. <laughs> I believe, I attribute this to my father not being there. Okay. I'd never played on an organized football team. Mm. As good as I was in the hood playing street ball. Right. I didn't have my father to push me to say no because I was scared. When I got to high school, I was a little fella, man. So I saw all those big guys on that football team, and I'm like, man, I ain't doing it. And had I had my father to push me, like, no, boy, get on that team, because he was uh, he was an athlete. Okay. So I'm quite sure he would have pushed me, and you know, who knows uh, where that would have gone. But here we are. but just to let you know the importance of fathers yeah. being present, yep. uh, one of the aspects of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I got into a little trouble later on, uh, not caring about life, mm-hmm. skipping class. That's where it started. Started mm-hmm. with skipping class, being mm-hmm. lazy, not wanting to go to class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to be a rapper, so I was into rapping and beatboxing, and I was real good at it. So. You know, why go to class? You know, I, <laughs> so I were, was you, a were you were outside of class? Were you in a group or where were you? I was okay. So this was yeah. for, for real. Yeah, so yeah, what? we were doing it. We were doing it in school. Okay, we we did it in the hallway. Okay, we did it in the lunchroom. Okay, we did it after school. That people would come from all over to battle us. Uh, Back in 1985, 86, <laughs> man. So you saying this is before 8 Mile and, and all the expression that we saw with, with, with all of that, right? You know what? When I saw 8, when I saw eight Mile, uh-huh. it, it, it brought back memories. Really? Like, they did a good job of capturing how it was. Because I think me and Eminem are the same age. Okay. So that made sense. When I looked at it, I'm like, yeah, that's how it was. When I was 1985, wow. 1986. Uh, we used to, well, when I was doing my thing, 85, eight mile was a little bit after that. Okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But the battle aspect of it, we used to battle wow. man, and outside downtown after school, I went to Cass tech. Okay. So people used to come up to Cass and battle us. And, you know, cause word got out about this young rap group, you know, comprised of freshmen and sophomores, you know, uh, we were taking the school by storm. We were called the real thing crew. <laughs> is it? Is this for real, man? This is this is real. I'm serious. Wow, man. Yeah. brother. Man. I'm very serious. Okay. Back then, a lot of people knew me from my beatboxing. Okay. I was real good at beatboxing. Yeah. But I also was a, a, a rapper, and I developed into a much better rapper from there. Yeah. And uh, got into a little trouble at Cass because, you know, skipping class, it leads to things. And I wound up getting into fights. Mm. And they ultimately wound up kicking me out of Cass. Mm. My grades dropped. Mm. And it was, you know, I was coming to school just to skip and go to the lunchroom and go downtown and have fun. Mm. And that wasn't good. So, uh, but then I stopped caring about life at some point, you know. Uh, it just got bad for me, and I wound up fighting okay. a lot. I got, I, I had an anger problem. This is amazing. And I used right. to get into a lot. Of, I wouldn't yeah. even picture that, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was an angry kid, man. But it was it was a weird dichotomy because not only I was an angry kid on one extreme, but I was also a clown mm-hmm. on the other extreme. I was real funny, you know. I used to, <laughs> I was a class clown type, so. Uh, I I came across schizophrenic sometimes because okay. one one minute I'm laughing and joking, and the next minute <laughs> I'm over there fighting somebody. You know, <laughs> so I was I was a trip. Okay, and, and, and it continued. Um, I'm giving you the the short yeah. version. Okay, uh, I wound up getting kicked out of Cass. Went to Henry Ford. Uh, for my senior. I got kicked out in the middle of my senior year. A lot of my classmates from Cass didn't even know that I didn't walk across the stage with them. You know, so I had to spend the rest of my senior year. Then I spent an extra year to make sure I graduated from Henry Ford. But by then, I was deep into fighting. 
uh, fighting was my vice, um, mm-hmm. along with fornicating. I, I was I was into the ladies, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was lost, man. I used to I had a temper. Mm-hmm. I was a very angry guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people used to like how much I fought because you know it, it added some some punch. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, to to. Uh, you know, to our our crew right. when we would go out, right? You know, they know they they knew they had somebody who who had their back and could be effective, right? Um, but uh, I was in a bad spot, and then it got to the place uh, that I wound up getting shot. Okay, I got shot five times, uh, and we were in June. So on June twenty second, that'll be thirty one years. So it was in the month of June. It happened in June. It wow. happened June twenty second, nineteen ninety. Yeah, interesting. Yep. Five so times. Yeah, I was eighteen years old. It was a guy that I had beat up, mm. and uh, he saw me out on Seven Mile mm. and came up behind me with a bandana over his face. Mm. Bop, 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 bop. And I'm running, catching bullets, and. It was crazy, and it was a kid that wound up getting hit with a stray bullet. He was in the hospital for a minute, so, uh, so you know, I was I was toting guns, carrying guns, had a lot of enemies. Uh, that was a rough life, man. It was it it, it was pretty stressful. Yeah. yeah, a lot of anxiety. Well, I would I would imagine, but man, bruh, yeah. bruh, five times, man. And so you know, I kind of wanted to just kind of you know. It, it, I'm glad you shared that. I appreciate you sharing that. I kind of want to bring that up just because, you know, the things that, you you know, how you walked us through this story, you indicated a piece there, you know, the father, right? Um, Obviously, you Mm -hmm. overcame something tremendous. Um, We're glad, you know, we're we're glad you're here, man. Five times. How many people lived through that? And so you were able to do that. And I, I know we can get to the point here soon. We'll talk about the turning point. But I did want to walk through that. The, you were talking about your your talents, your skills, all of these things that you had mixed up, uh, that you had going on, just natural talent. And then you mentioned Cast Tech. And if I'm not mistaken, now I'm a guy from Flint, but what I hear, Cast Tech is just not taking just the average Joe into the school, right? You, you, you hear excellence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hear academic excellence, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm. You, you're not mistaken. Okay. I, I'm seeing a guy who. Didn't play ball, but should have played ball. Had talent to play ball. A guy who had a skill of rapping and, and doing all of these things just needed to be. It was a talent, a skill, because rapping ain't easy, right? And obviously, there's skills and talent, and, and it takes something to do it. Because I can't do it, right? <laughs> but all of these things that you you had, and and, and um, the missing piece is maybe some type of guide or some type of mentor somebody in your life in that critical time now for whatever reason you didn't have that but in that critical time it could have maybe changed the direction or the course of where you were going and now i see in your life now i'm going to fast forward right now and we're going to talk about you as a father Mm -hmm. i met you and saw you as a father the first time i met you i saw you and all your children right but gifted a bunch of them (laughs) but gifted talented Mm-hmm. well-mannered tell me fast forward how did you get to this point now where you 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 have these children that are man i mean your son you know i definitely uh had some connections with your son he did some business for me i think he was i don't know if he was even a teenager talented multi-talented how do you where are you at now and how are you nurturing this talent with your children today well, I'm gonna mention three things as I, as you were talking i I, w- I was thinking about three three components that mm-hmm. that contributed to uh, what you see today. Mm-hmm. One, I stated already, my father mm-hmm. left me. Mm-hmm. Now, you can go one of two ways with that. Yeah. A lot of guys go the other way. Right. When they're abandoned by their father, which happens far too often in the African-American community, right. might I add. But when when they're abandoned by their father, a lot of us tend to go the the, the wrong route, mm-hmm. and then we repeat those the, same behaviors, the behaviors mm-hmm. of our father. So our father left us. We in turn leave our children. 
you know, or you can flip it, which is what I was determined to do. Because a lot of brothers, I, I hear them all the time, they had the same heart that I had that said, I know how that feels. For my father to leave me, man, I would never do that to my kids. Yeah. There's no way I'm leaving my kids. I don't care what the circumstances are for, by, by which they were born. My they are my children, and I'm going to raise them. And so I, I, I grew up with that determination. So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing is all of my children were born after I was born again. Oh. Yeah. So, so the key ingredient my, here. <laughs> my natural father left me. Yeah. But my spiritual father was with me. And he never left me. Yeah. And he taught me and he molded me and he shaped me and he 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 made me into a brand new guy. Got right? It. So Yeah. So now I'm the new and improved Rashid. Mm -hmm. Now with children that I'm raising with God as my help, with the mm. Holy Ghost helping me. Mm. So that's the number two, which is really the number one. Yeah. But I'm I'm going in chronological order as 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 how my perspective of it was. Chronologically. Pull that out. Pull that yeah. out. <laughs> right. And and number three, I was just blessed with some amazing children, man. Mm. You know, um all six of them. I have six children. Mm -hmm. Uh uh, Maya, Emerson, Mercy, mm -hmm. uh, Free, uh, Kyrus, and Christian. Three girls, three boys. <laughs> and they are all amazing. Yes. And they're all different. Yes. They're distinctive. And that's that, that's the part I like about it. Because you, yeah. you, just be observing from the outside, right? Just observing. You look at each one of your children. And you put you nurtured the gift and the talent that each one of them have, and in no shape or form, you know. Again, you were an athlete, you were a rapper, you were all of this. It doesn't seem like in any shape or form are you projecting that I want you to be the next athlete or you be this yeah. or you be that. You are literally nurturing their gift. Tell me what leads you to that. Now I get, I know the Lord is involved. I get all of that, but realistically, mm -hmm. take me to a point that helps you. You as a father, how did you identify? This is how to raise uh, my children, how to raise them this way. I paid attention to them and I prayed. Yeah. I have no secrets. Okay. I, I don't have a secret formula. I just prayed. I was see the, the secret formula is being serious about doing a great job raising your children. Okay. The determination that I had from a child to be a great dad mm -hmm. carried over into my parenthood. Mm. And and so the only thing I knew to do was to go to God. Because one thing I knew early on is that I can't do it. Wow. I, I figured that out early. Okay. It, this is too much for me. <laughs> so, so I needed help from the Lord yeah. and he guided me. Don't get me wrong. He put people in my life mm -hmm. to, 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 to spin off of, to help me. Uh, Pastor Reginald Lane, he's my... My spiritual dad, he passed away in 2015. Okay. He's the greatest man I've ever known. He taught me uh, a whole lot, almost everything I know that's good, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and that helped me tremendously. Another gentleman by the name of Pastor Gary Crawford, he, he also passed away. Uh, these, these guys taught me, God put people in my life to build me up and to help me to be the man that I became which includes being a great father. All the lessons that I learned was incorporated in my, in my fatherhood. And, but really it was the Holy spirit, man. It was praying to God and God giving me direction, God giving me insight, mm -hmm. him showing me my children. Mm -hmm. And and listen, I was, I was an athlete. None of my children are athletes. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not their gift. So, so I had to wing it, man. I don't know. My kids are are are, are computer geeks. <laughs> I don't know nothing about that. They coding and stuff, right? <laughs> right. God, 
God made sure that I couldn't get the credit for that. <laughs> I, we were joking the other day, uh, and we were talking, and I, and you, you know, we were getting all this set up and everything, and, and you said, "Well, let me ask my son." And I said, "Well, where you get one of them from?" And <laughs> I go, well, "I'm clueless. My my eyeballs be like this." <laughs> so there's no way that I can sit up here in front. Yeah. Like it was something special I did yeah. that, that got them to where they are. Uh, other than yeah. yielding to Bring God. That out. That's the part. And, yeah. And, and letting him guide me as a father, mm-hmm. direct me. And, you know, I had to humble myself. Mm-hmm. I had to submit to some things, mm-hmm. you know, I had some, I had some great help, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, the, the the mothers of my right. children, yeah, I said right. mothers, yeah. and we and I want to three moms, yeah, I want to actually, if you don't mind going just briefly here, you, that's the mm-hmm. interesting thing about this. You do have some some children from different mothers, and it seems yes. to work well. How do you do it, bro? Help 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 the other brothers out here that have you know, what is it that that we as fathers can do in those situations that can help the situation, if you don't mind. Well, I hate to sound like a broken record, <laughs> but it's God. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Once the man, the hand of the Lord was on that okay. thing. I got married. I got married in '96 mm-hmm. to an awesome woman of God. Uh, didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I was young. She was young, uh, and we we made some bad decisions, some some mistakes, mm-hmm. some. Some pitfalls. We bumped our head, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, l- learning experience. We learned. We learned. Yeah, some but as a man, now I'm, I'm gonna challenge you here a little bit. I want to go here. But as a man, what was your yes. part? Like, and God made you know, God gave it all to you. But what do you remember? What you did to say, hey, I'm not gonna be a problem in this situation, or, or whatever it is. What, what did you do? You contributed something that you know after you got your revelation. What did you do? We, we, you talking about what did I do to contribute well, to, to, to try, the demise? To, no, no. <laughs> to, 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 to try to keep, you know, to keep a new, you know, to keep this parenting. I'm trying to help brothers that, that are fathering oh, in this oh. scenario. Well, what I did, uh, first of all, I tried to be everything that I understood that God was calling me to be as okay. a father. I tried to, I tried to bring mm-hmm. love to mm-hmm. the table. Uh, love comes in so many different, it, it expresses itself in so many different mm-hmm. ways. Um, you, you have to pay attention to your mm-hmm. children. You have to be there for your mm-hmm. children. You, you, you have to provide the needs of your mm-hmm. children. And a lot of times that's not, that, that's not just money sure. or, 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 or material things or things that you buy. The, the, uh, one of the greatest uh, forms of provision comes from the the, the abstract things that mm-hmm. you provide. Mm-hmm. You know that attention mm-hmm. uh, that you give them, the mm-hmm. affection that you give them, the confidence that you build in them when you speak identity yeah. and, and, yeah. and purpose to your children. So you, you got to mm-hmm. pray about your children, man, because so, because God knows them. More, yeah. more than they know themselves, yeah. and certainly more yeah. than you know. Them. But and and you got to pray about them individually, and and God to guide you to how you should raise them and look the the nuances. But the co-parent. How about how we talk about the co-parenting part about it? How how can you help fathers yeah. in the co-parenting part? Like if you you know, well, you you listen. I got a divorce from my first wife. Um. And, 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 and the Lord made sure, even though uh, I messed up and got divorced, all things work together mm-hmm. for the good to them that love God and are called according mm-hmm. to his purpose. I had to there own that. Okay. I had to own that. You know what? Mm-hmm. I messed up. I, I'm not going to justify mm-hmm. divorce. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to say, you know, well, it, it was God's <laughs> will. God told me to. No, nah, man. I was clowning. You know, I... I wasn't I wasn't loving her like mm-hmm. I should. 
I was being mm-hmm. selfish and I wasn't uh, I wasn't flowing in the strength okay, that God it. gave me to love my wife. So mm-hmm. I learned from that and I had to mm-hmm. humble myself and I had to value. Mm-hmm. Here's the key. I had to value that there relationship. We have children together. Just because we're no longer married doesn't mean we don't have a job to do. In order to effectively do that job, we got to be cool. How about that? We can't be beefing. (laughs) She can't be my enemy if we're going to effectively raise our children together. There can't be turmoil and drama and you know, that that can't be the thing that... So I worked on yeah. that relationship as, as platonic friends. And even if... It, my goal wasn't even to be her friend. My goal was for her to be cool. We need to be cordial. We need to be respectful. We need to love each other there as brother wow. and sister in Christ. Wow. And, and, and I attacked that thing right, then and right there. there. I made sure that because it got to a place mm-hmm. in our beefing that I was like, oh, this <laughs> is ridiculous. Yeah. There's no way that we're going to be able to rape because the children, there they were is. in the middle of it. There's no way we're going to effectively raise these children if we're at odds like this. Man. So Man, I had to good. attack that. That's what I'm looking. I was just, you know, because you mm-hmm. know, that's that's the interesting piece about you too. You know what I mean? Not only do I see this this father, but you're able to balance all of that. That 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 part, you know what I mean? You 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 could testify that, mm-hmm. not, yeah, brother. I understand you might have this situation, but here's how you can do it. You know what I mean? I, I've seen you you walk that out, yeah. which is nice, man. That's nice, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna tell you, love. That's good. Never fails. That's love good. never fails. And so what I did yeah. was simply love. I just yeah. applied love to to my first wife and to the other mother. And of course, right. to my wife. Right. You know, uh, believe it or not. I mean, I have six children. I didn't start having children until I was 29 years old. Really? I was I was married. I had been married five years wow. and I was 29. Wow. I actually kind of, I actually kind of did it right. (laughs) It started off, started off right. I hit a snag when, when the divorce happened. Yeah. yeah. That's when, that's when everything went crazy. Uh, And, and wound up having, you know, the the babies out of wedlock. But even though, see, God had me enough. Mm -hmm. Whereas when it went crazy, Mm -hmm. he still kept me through that. Bring that out. And we were able to recover. That's good. That's good. By the grace of God. That's good. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So when I got divorced, Sherrod, uh, uh, you know, it was, you know, I wound up, I, I, I lost my mind during that season. Brother, I've, I've been there, brother. <laughs> yeah. So I understand. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real thing. Wound up, wound up having two babies. Yeah. Which turned into three babies. <laughs> out of wedlock. Before I wound up marrying yeah. uh, the mother of two of the babies. Mm-hmm. And so we got married and then we had another child. And so that, that was the six. Yeah. So, so three of my children are with my beautiful wife. Yeah. Uh, two of my children are with my beautiful first wife. Mm-hmm. And then there was another child mm-hmm. that, 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 um, that we had during that mm-hmm season of tribulation mm-hmm. <laughs> yes man man I, man again again you, you know get, having you on this a podcast and just talking man this is it touches so many different areas and there's i'm sure there's gonna be fathers uh from different perspectives and you're you're touching i'm not saying you cover it all but you're able to touch and you're able to relate you're able to understand uh, you know, the the struggle per se that, you know, the black father may have from time to time or whatever the case may be. But the but but what we see and I'm still going back to this. What what we see is a father who is not giving up. Right. A father, like you said, that had made a conscious decision uh, to to 
to work it out with with, with uh, the parents. You know what I'm saying? You, you made a conscious decision to say, hey, I'm going to put some emphasis on my children and all of them, making sure all of them are uniquely doing what they are gifted at, what they're called at. And that's just amazing to me, man. It's just amazing to see that, that it can be done. Because what, what, what society sometimes can, uh, will tell you or just, just to, uh, our, our, what we may go through, we may buy into the, the fact that we can't do it or it's, it's a lost cause. But you're showing us that it can be done with God. Yes. You, you, you're definitely saying it with God, but it can be done, right. man. What's your thoughts mm-hmm. on that, man? Oh, man, listen, I talk to brothers all the time uh, who take the easy way out. Mm-hmm. And I and I try to be uh, an encouragement. Yeah. Um, and I thank God for the journey. Yeah. Because ain't too many brothers. Excuse my my uh, my grammar. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna bring it to the level that, that yes. we can understand. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I do know how to speak, but uh, anyway, <laughs> there are not too many brothers who can tell me. Man, you don't understand. This That's is it. what I'm going through. I'm not saying it can't happen. Right. But I'm saying God took me on a journey of extremes that created empathy in me. <laughs> you know, it produced a level of empathy yeah. where I can say, brother, I understand. I understand. I've been there. I've been to a friend of the court. <laughs> I've had those battles. Yeah. I know how that goes. That's real. <laughs> yes. And, and, and I believe I've trailblazed something. The reason I say that is because the conversations I've had with brothers, sometimes I enlighten, a lot of times I enlighten brothers on what you can actually do. Really? You, you can actually file a motion <laughs> and fight for your kids. You don't have to go for what they throw at you. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't have to be that you only get four hours of visiting time a week. Mm. You don't have to accept that. Mm. If you're determined, you're the father of those children. Fight for them. Mm. If, the, if the friend of the court is going to fight you, then let them know they in for a fight. Because you're willing if there's to fight. Anything yeah. impo- if there's anything important to you, yeah. your children have to be at the top of that list. Wow. I don't respect when guys just uh, concede mm-hmm. and say, oh, well, I'll just pay child support. Fight. No. <laughs> no. Child support ain't going to cut it. Because yeah. we're assuming that throwing money at our children is enough to raise them. No. They need you. If, if that mother is beefing with you, and fight you be, and, and don't want you to see your children fight. Mm. But you got to know what that fight looks like. We wrestle not <laughs> against, uh, we, 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 we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, we, we fight a different way. Wow. You have to have a spiritual battle and you have to fight with love. You have to, you have to fight that issue with the mother of your children with love. Bottom line. And man, that that is an amazing battle. But to pour that love on her and to win that soul yeah. is the key. So it'll start off with y'all fighting each other in court, but it'll end up with the courts being eliminated because you guys now are are, are amicable. You know, you 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 get along. You know, you're 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 uh, reasonable and rational and and civil and level-headed, <laughs> level-headed, you know. But but that, but that starts from that determination. Yeah. You know, fight for your kids. Yeah. Don't settle for child support. Yeah. No, you get custody of your children. They're yeah. your children. Yeah. And you make sure they are raised by their father. Man. You if if you ain't got your junk together, get your junk together. To be that's no reason yeah. to not have your children. No, get your children while you getting your junk together. Mm. Don't say nah, I'm gonna wait until I'm cool. Well, that might not be until they grown. 
And now it's too late. You got to catch them when they're young. Do you hear that often? Do you hear brothers actually saying that? They'll wait till they get older and, and that kind of thing? I, or? I hear every excuse in the book, and I call my brothers out for it. Yeah. I love them too much, and I, yeah. and I highlight what's important. Yeah. Your children are important. Because one, one, one of the things that, that, that I do find, brothers don't challenge me on that. <laughs> when, when I ask them if their children are important, mm. well, they agree. They agree. So once we meet that point of agreement, okay, now, you, now what we do? Now what we do can we talk do? about it. Yeah. Now we can talk. <laughs> we both agree your children are important. They're valuable enough for you to fight for them. Yeah. Okay. So now, now the only question is, how do I fight? How do you fight? Yeah. You, that, so what I'm hearing you saying, every fight might not be the same per se, but it's worth the fight. Your children Depending are worth the fight. Depending on the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yep. Depend and and listen, the odds are against you. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. But you got God on your. But you real. got God on your side. Mm-hmm. So really, <laughs> there's more with you yeah. than are against you. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, who can be against you if God be for you? Yeah. Greater is He that is within me than He that is in the world. Man. So even though the friend of the court seemingly is against fathers that the friend of the court tends to act like fathers are criminals. Yeah, it leans a certain way. Let's just be real. It does have a lean. <laughs> yeah. There is there is a bias. <laughs> but with determination, yeah. you fight that bias. Yeah. There's no excuse for a man not fighting for his children. Yeah. None. This is good, and man. I and I challenge him on it. This is good, man. I I appreciate that. So let's let's transition. You know, obviously this is the Father's Day edition. How can you encourage just in general fathers in this scenario, just fathers in general? What would you say to just encourage fathers today? Like, what what's if, if today's Father's Day? They listening to this. What are you saying to to the fathers that you're talking to the, today? If the fathers today can look at society and get mad. Uh, So many different issues that we're facing Mm -hmm. in society today. What I would say to them is, I believe that the number one issue is absent fathers, Mm -hmm. which leads to so many other things. As a matter of fact, pick an issue. Pick an issue. What what do you have an issue with with society? I can guarantee we can trace it back. Right back. To absent fathers. And so once we understand that, the question is now what are we going to do about it? What's your role? Because don't think that that you're helpless. It's one person at a time, one father at a time. My, My goal, certain battles... I, we, we have to be strategic with how we fight because sometimes we swing like, like we beat in the air. <laughs> we, we're fighting the wrong battles. There are battles that we can wage war against that's right within our sphere of influence. If, if, if we can encourage a brother to be a better father, a mother to be a, if we can get a family reconciled, yeah. you know, one at a time. As a matter of fact, your family if if you can if you can repair yourself and then in turn repair your family you know how you you know how monumental that would be to our society man man and then that catches that it's contagious man cuz that helps no no go no no you go ahead no go ahead no not, not only does that help you and your wife or the mother of your child but it helps those children yeah and then it helps the your your children's uh, friends. Yeah. And then so they have there's a model there for them to see, and then it helps other families who are watching you. I mean, it's it's contagious. You know that that thing is infectious. Uh, but it starts with you. It starts with you, especially father. Yep. So, I mean, and I was what I was gonna say is you know obviously we we're part of a great ministry uh, at Embassy. Uh, Covenant Church shout outs, right? 
And uh, our uh, Bishop Smith has uh, launched that Family Builders program, and of course we, we, yeah, we of course we doing the best we can. But now with, with with stuff like that, someone to put the the spiritual component around the family builder, uh, to build the family, and just play everybody knowing their role. And us fathers, we realize how critical how critical we are to casting vision for our family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Setting a standard. Again, going back to you, before we had that family builders program type of thing, I know you would spend you you have like a Bible study with your children per se, right? You it's like church starts at home before we get to the to the church, right? You you're providing yes. guidance before we get back to that kind of uh, setting foundation for our family and and, and and us being fathers and 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 being the ones that can you know spearhead that per se, right? Man. Yeah. We could transform a whole society, man. We could transform. We're, we're a whole the leaders. Society. We're the leaders of the household, man. And I would encourage everybody, man. You got to get that series. Not only the family builder, but uh, the the family redemption yeah. and the series that 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 Bishop Hugh Daniel Smith spoke on, taught on yeah. all of those months. And I thought it was so timely because it was during a time of, of quarantine. Right at the time when and we were with our families, right? We were forced <laughs> to be with our families. And so and right at that time, he was teaching about family redemption. And what's so cool about that is we didn't realize, you know, with society being so busy, people drawing here, doing this activity, that activity, this we found things out about our families that we didn't quite know. When you had to sit down for a few months, when you sit down yeah. for a few months, you're like, oh, wow, yeah. I didn't realize this, that or the other. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it was uh, it, it it was mind boggling. Yes. You know, but it was fun. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that we lose sight, I, man, I enjoy being a father. Oh, man. I can tell. Being bro. plugged in, plugged into my children and plugged into my family. I enjoy it, man. I can um, tell. To lead my family, to, to hear from God, it's exciting. Yeah. When you know you're hearing from God and you share that with your family and you get to see. And they're looking the for development. They, and they look from it from their father. They're looking for you to do that thing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you establish that thing early on and they'll appreciate it and they'll benefit from yeah. it. Yeah. You know, we we did establish, man, I had memorization pieces. Uh, I made sure that I brought them up in the Lord. Yeah. I wasn't brought up in the Lord. Yeah. But I thank God I came to know Jesus at the age of 22. Yeah. Uh, and I am I was determined, oh, yeah, uh, my children going to know Jesus. Well, let's, you know? let's go with that. How, what would you say to people? Because, you know, this is a broad audience that may be listening to this. What would you say to people to say, you probably shouldn't enforce, you know, your belief. What 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 would you say to people uh, on your children? Let them figure it out and figure their spirituality out. What would you say? <laughs> I say we have. I say we have an obligation okay. and a responsibility yeah. to teach them. I say, like the Shema said, "Hear ye, O Israel." That the Lord our God is one mm-hmm. Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mm-hmm. with all thy mind, with all thy might. Mm-hmm. And the words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Mm-hmm. Then he says something interesting. He said, Thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children. That is a commandment. Yeah. That is a commandment. If you know God, <laughs> and, and you don't you tell don't, your children. And, no, no, <laughs> I ain't even going to start there, uh, Pastor. Okay. (laughs) Everybody who knows God, everybody who has a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you really have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're compelled to share that with everyone you encounter. Right? Especially your kids. You mean to tell me you have this gem, this jewel, and you're not going to share it with your children? I think that's criminal. (laughs) Are you serious? You're going to let them go about life without (laughs) knowing about the Christ? Now, look, you can't force them to believe. Okay. But you can teach them. Yes. And then let them decipher it. Let them work that out. 
when they get older. But while they're children and they're they're under my authority, mm -hmm. God gave them to me as I'm a steward. Yeah. I'm managing those lives that he entrusted into my care. It is my responsibility to raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. That is my responsibility as the man of God. All right, bro. <laughs> that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty. You you made a you made a, a a very clear. You went all over the fence with it. You were very clear. You got yes. to raise them children in the Lord. <laughs> got to. You 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 have to. If you are of the faith, mm -hmm. you know those are your children. Mm -hmm. You. You're not a teacher in school mm -hmm. where you have to be politically correct <laughs> because you're getting a paycheck from the state or from the city. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and, and, you, and you have to do things a certain way because you're obligated mm -hmm. by the by your employer. Mm -hmm. No, you are the employer. You're the boss. You're the head of that family. You're the head of that household. You can raise your children however you want to raise them. I know people who raise their children in crazy ways. Yeah. They instill all kind of stuff in kids nowadays. These kids eight years old know how to smoke a blunt. Yep. Huh? Influence. Kids, yeah. They, <laughs> From they, the parents. You go, your, the parents are going to influence those children one way or another. Why not pour God into them? Man, man, what why cheat them? Why cheat them out of what you're enjoying? Why cheat them out of what you know is sustaining you? Yeah. God is your everything, and you not and and you're gonna withhold Him from your children? Yeah. Well, no. I like I like how you say it. it's almost criminal, right? It's almost no, it's criminal. not almost. <laughs> it's I was a lawgiver. <laughs> It's criminal. You go straight to jail for that. <laughs> what? You ain't teaching your kids about Jesus? Get over there. You have the right to. You have the right to remain silent. <laughs> man, well, man, man, this has been good, man. It, you know, again, this is the Father's Day edition, man. We wanted to just chop it up, and I think you, you hit some areas today, shared some some good tips and some nuggets, and so on and so forth today that I think is definitely going to be beneficial. It was a very good conversation, especially for the black father, right? It's just that conversation oh, yeah. for us, you know, giving us an opportunity to understand it can be done. No matter what the circumstance, it can be done. Absolutely. Now, before I get out of here, or before we get out of here, I like to have a little fun, random type of question. And like I've been saying on my last parts of my podcast, I, I ain't been getting it quite right, but we're going to try this one again. Well, well, okay. we're gonna try it. We're gonna try it a little differently here. I know you're a football guy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take you back to uh -oh. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take you back to the my, hey, my team sucks. Well, we ain't gonna go. We're not gonna go team, but we're gonna go individual okay. player. I'm gonna give you three okay. options. You can okay. draft this play if you had the opportunity to draft this player, trade this player, or cut these cut this player. That's your option. This would be a person I want to draft franchise. I want to trade this player and this player I just want to cut. So you only got three options. And the players that I'm going to give to you is we've got uh, Deion Sanders. We're going back to, the, back to the 90s. Deion Sanders, mm -hmm. uh, Troy Aikman, and Barry Sanders. What are we doing with them? What's your decision? Draft. The, my options are draft, trade, trade and cut. Cut. <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Troy Aikman is that quarterback, man. Okay. Mm. Uh, championship quarterback. <laughs> Deion Who you drafted? Deion right, were they all in the same draft? First of all, were they all in the same draft? I think they were. Maybe not. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, see, this is not fair, man. Because... <laughs> Barry Sanders is my favorite football player of all time. That's why we want to know. We want to put you in the hot seat and see if that is that the player you're going to draft or not. Would you hang it all on the line it's with Barry? It's not fair because it depends on your team, man. Right, because he, he was with a team that didn't do much. They did nothing. <laughs> 
as good as he was, they didn't go nowhere because of the organization, right? And Troy Aikman, on the other hand. Troy Aikman wasn't as good as Barry. Deion Sanders wasn't as good as Barry. Very close, very close. Yeah. Deion Sanders was talented. He was special. He was, he was very special. Yeah. But Barry, Barry was that deal. All right, give it to me. But Troy Aikman wound up winning a championship, and so did Deion Sanders, multiple championships. But it was because of those teams. So, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Even though Barry never won a championship, mm -hmm. that's who I would draft. Okay. I would draft right. Barry Sanders because he is the most special of the three. All right. Uh, who going to give you I, value from a trade? <laughs> um, of course, you got to trade the quarterback. You're getting all okay. kind of you getting all kind of stuff back trading the quarterback. <laughs> and I hate to man, that's that's unfair. <laughs> that boy, I'll be I'll be uh public enemy number one by cutting Deion Sanders. What is it your options? You only got these options. So we ain't gonna that's hold my you. only option. Yeah, we, we ain't gonna hold you to it. They told you had to make these choice these choices as a GM. And, and that, that's what it came out. We went with Barry as the franchise guy, Troy Aikman traded, and Dion unfortunately gets cut out of the mix. <laughs> Prime time. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, man, it's been real, man. So now you got this wonderful uh, show uh, uh, that you got on. You didn't even know you was on YouTube, but you got this show on YouTube. Right. <laughs> My kids had to tell me. <laughs> But uh, go ahead and tell the people how they can uh, join along in this, this fellowship thing you got going on, man. Sure. It's called Restore Virtual Fellowship. Awesome. Restore stands for return every soul to our rightful existence. And we meet every Thursday. We have guests that I have handpicked that whenever they're available, they come on with us. And we just basically chop it up. Yeah. It's like your 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 uh fellowship at someone's house. You know how you used yeah. to go over somebody's house and have a potluck, you yep. know, fellowship. We try to recreate that virtually yeah. on this program, on, on, on this uh, broadcast. And it's been awesome. We've had like six uh, uh, fellowships, six broadcasts. Already, so okay. Far. Yeah. Yeah, different topics that we, that we discuss. And I think it's been a blessing to a lot of people. You can join us uh, by going to DKM Media Group. KM DKM Media Group uh, to join us. I, I I put I put it up. We oh it's every Thursday for two hours from eight ten until ten ten p.m. Awesome. Well, we we'll try to put that in the notes of this uh, podcast as well. At least the, yeah. the the as much information we have. You said it's on Facebook, Facebook and yeah, it's on Facebook. It's on it's on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what I found out. <laughs> Might, might be on NBC. I don't know. Me, I'm going I'm to have to reach out to your son and see where, where you're at. Yeah. If you want to know, if you want to know where to go, I'll let my son in my son. Man. He'll set you straight. Man, this has been really good, man. Man, I really appreciate you joining me today, man. Thank I, you. I, I appreciate you having me, man. Man, I hope every father and uh, anybody listening, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, some fathers just chopping it up, really getting to know my brother Rashid. Not to be confused with Rashid Wallace, because Rashid Wallace. <laughs> hey, Rashid Wallace is one of my favorite players of all time. Well, he should be. He's he number, should be. He's number three. No. Okay. No, he's number three. Would you cut him? Absolutely not. <laughs> Number three, you, you you trade for him and then you okay. get a championship. <laughs> that's what happened. Yep, that's yeah. literally what happened. But he made man. he made my name famous, man. But that's not he the did. He, that's not the reason why he's my 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 third favorite. It's Isaiah Thomas, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, my favorite basketball players of all time. I know they have something in common. They all are Detroit Pistons. So so you. You you the D all the way through, thick and thin, I'm right? <laughs> man, well yes. that's awesome, man. I, you know I'm down here in the A at Atlanta, and so now I've been hearing names I hadn't heard from in a long time. Dominique and all Spud and all the <laughs> we talking about names back in the past. I'm like, yeah. I forgot they were sweet yeah. back in the day. All, but yes. all them cats that got beat by by my pistol. Yeah. <laughs> 
I remember, uh, hey, what was it? Nineteen eighty-seven. We beat them in five games in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Was that, just, that, yeah, you just say it right. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, that was back in the day. But anywho, man, it's been real, man. It's been real, and this co- yes. this conversation was perfectly fit for Father's Day, and it talks about the grind, man, in a different perspective from the father's perspective, the grind of being father, right? The fatherhood yes. grind. Definitely a great conversation today, man. And so, yeah, go ahead and check out. We got to do this again, man. I'm not for sure, for sure. Yeah, we might have I to make it. this an. We might have to make this an annual uh, thing a for sure. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> for sure. But uh, to the rest of you guys, man, we enjoy. We hope you enjoyed this program today. Until the next time, this is behind the grind.